Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast, Breathe In, Write Out, a podcast for high school, college, and university students about making the most out of academic life. We touch on study skills, student life, career transition, overall well-being, personal development, and other topics that impact young adults. At the end of each podcast, we send our listeners off with a short guided meditation and writing prompt. We hope that through these discussions, meditations, and writing exercises, we can build an open, caring, compassionate community that supports personal growth. I'm Lisa Fow, the founder and CEO of Fow Academic Writing, where we focus on teaching young adults the communication skills necessary to reach their full potential on the page and in life. Get into a cozy spot, grab your pen and notebooks, and let's meet our first guest. This week's episode is about stress caused by assignments and exams. We thought this topic would be helpful to our listeners who are about to enter final exam season. Exam anxiety is a real and serious problem that can hinder students' academic performance. This week, I, Jane Jingyi Miao, Creative and Marketing Assistant at Fao Academic Writing, will be interviewing Lisa Fao, the founder and CEO of Fao Academic Writing. As you may know, Lisa has over 20 years of experience supporting students through academic challenges. I first met Lisa three years ago as a first-year international student at the University of Toronto. Lisa has helped me with the transition from high school to university, giving me lots of great tips about how to deal with the pressures of university. Welcome to our podcast, Breathing Right Out, Lisa. Thanks, Jane. Thank you for coming. Um, so my first question is, what is exam anxiety? Well, exam anxiety is like all anxiety, um, an intense feeling of fear or panic that is triggered by an exam or an assignment and makes it difficult for you to complete that exam or assignment. Um, so I think most people, they get nervous during an exam um, that's normal. It can be helpful. It can, it can trigger your brain to start doing the work on the exam. But the difference between nervousness and anxiety is that the anxiety is kind of paralyzing in some cases, or um, makes you makes it hard for you to to focus to answer the questions. You might have a feel panicked, like a panic attack. It's very unpleasant. Yes. Um, so since I think you already answered some of that, but what are some symptoms of exam anxiety? So, I mean, it's similar to any anxiety. I don't know if anyone out there has had a, um, a panic attack or felt really anxious. I think most of us have felt anxious about something in life. Um, and so just before I start, I should preface this that I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a writing coach, and I've I've dealt with a lot of anxious students, and this is something I'm interested in. Um, but I'm not an expert on this. This is really based on my own research online. So there might be some things that I missed, and if you are an expert, um, please feel free to put a comment on any of our posts with more information. And um, we also are looking for people to interview who could talk more about exam anxiety or assignment anxiety or stress for students in general. So feel free to reach out. But based on what um, I, I've observed in my own life and with students and by doing online research, there's a few things that you could look out for if you think, oh, I might have or I might be dealing with exam anxiety. So one is the physical symptoms of anxiety. So that would be sweating. Sometimes people get sweaty palms. Sometimes their armpits sweat more. Um, physical shaking, so your hand shaking, your heartbeat increasing, 
sometimes people's mouth goes dry. So this often happens in say like a job interview, you, when you're nervous, you might have a hard time answering the question because all of a sudden your mouth is dry. Fainting, it's a bit uh, extreme, so you must be feeling really anxious. Uh, more common maybe is nausea, so you feel sick to your stomach. Sometimes people say they can't eat or you get what's called butterflies in your stomach where you feel kind of a fluttering. And more extreme might be like, actual vomiting or diarrhea so I at, some people I know and some students um, they have very sensitive digestive systems and so when they're anxious it will make them physically ill like as if you had the flu so those are some things to look out for physically um, in terms of cognitively or how you're behaving or thinking some things you might notice is um, avoidance. So if we're anxious, sometimes we avoid the thing that's causing the anxiety. So we might skip class, we might procrastinate on an assignment, we might uh, procrastinate on our studying for an exam, we might drop a class because it's too scary. Um, and in some cases, people might turn to things to numb their feelings, drugs and alcohol, video games. I know um, watching a lot of online movies, um, doing different things to distract yourself from the anxious feelings. And then something else that you might notice when you're in the exam or trying to work on an assignment is that all of a sudden you can't remember things. You can't concentrate you're easily distracted and you're really beating yourself up with a lot of negative self-talk. Like I'm going to fail. This is horrible. It's a disaster. So that's something else to look out for. This is a long answer. And I think the final thing that I've observed and read about and experienced myself is emotional symptoms. So how are you feeling about yourself? So you might be feeling, you might be feeling down, like I'm not good enough. You might get angry. You might feel hopeless, like it's impossible for me to get the assignment done. Um, so kind of just paying attention to how do you feel in those high pressure situations, both physically, emotionally, and what behaviors or coping mechanisms you're using. So those are some things you might want to look out for and, and take note of. And if there, if you are struggling with this and you're at school, in high school or college, university, there are different resources you can check out that I think Jane will ask about later. Um, so don't despair. You're not stuck with this forever. Yes. Um, well, speaking based on my own experience, I get exam anxiety quite easily, honestly. And what happens when I am stressed out during an exam is that my palm will like sweat like crazy. And then my body will get really, really warm. And then yeah. I will be like, wanting to sweat and be like, okay, I'm like wearing only a t-shirt, but I'm feeling like I'm in a hot summer. And then I might thoughts will go to like random places like a movie that I watched two years ago or um, a, something that I said like last week I'll be having a problem focusing on the exam and the questions and really that has <laughs> influenced um, myself negatively so um, what are the causes of exam anxiety? So thanks for sharing that that's a really valuable story and I think a lot of people experience the same thing even I used to get mild exam anxiety where literally the exam doors would open and my mind would go blank but I learned how to do some deep breathing um so I I think it's really common so thanks for bringing that up so causes for exam anxiety I think this is really different for everybody and I think maybe um, you also could share your experience. But 
for me i think a lot of my anxiety and i think this is common for other people comes from a fear of failure and i think that's why it comes up in these situations when you have an exam where it's like do or die or you have a really an assignment that's really important is that all those kind of voices come in your head of oh my god i'm gonna fail and and usually failing means like not getting 95 percent like you're probably not really gonna fail so i think that's a big one that somehow you're and i think this is a big one for students that you're tying your grade to your sense of self-worth so if you get a bad grade um you feel really bad about yourself like you're not good enough and all that kind of stuff um i think another thing and maybe this is something you can talk about is um past negative experiences with exams so I know this is a funny thing, but when I was a little kid and I loved swimming and they had the, the levels in the Red Cross swimming were colors and yellow was the first color, orange was the second color and then red. And I always felt like I was a very good swimmer. You know, I was like four taking swimming lessons, but I remember this distinctively. I really, I couldn't pass orange. And it was something to do with like not being able to do a back float or something. And so every time after that, when we had swimming lessons and it was like the end of the, the two weeks and you knew you were going to get evaluated, I would get really, really nervous. Um, I would feel physically sick. And this is like a kid who's like four or five or six past some didn't pass some summer swimming lesson level orange for a couple years and then after that I was like constantly afraid of of swimming tests to the point of one time when I was a lifeguard trained to be a lifeguard I got so nervous that my back tensed up so much during the test that I I couldn't move for a couple days because <laughs> my muscles were so tense um has that happened to you, Jane? Do you, like, do, do, do the, does this speak to your exam anxiety? Well, yes, I think um, to some extent, I, yeah, I'm like the same. I think the environment is something that really like negatively influenced me. Um, like before, as UFT student, we take a lot of our exams in the exam center and that just like, as soon as I enter into that building, I just feel anxious. <laughs> as soon as I enter that building, I just feel like really nauseous. And then just, the, I just hated that environment, like the gray um, walls, the really <laughs> empty space and like crowded people. It just brings up, brings up a lot of bad memories. And then also, I think this is something new um, during COVID is that I understand a lot of the tasks that we have to do online require us to uh, attend like a Zoom meeting with our camera on. And I think that really um, influenced me negatively. I feel like I tend to do better in the exams that do not require to have my camera on um, during the entire exam. It's just that anxiety of somebody constantly looking at you and thinking whether you have like, conducted like um, academic misconduct or are you cheating it's just the fear of being suspected of doing that really um just adding to the exam anxiety for me yeah well i think anyone would feel like that like if you're at work and your boss was like staring over your shoulder you <laughs> that's when you would make a mistake because you'd be thinking like oh i can't make a mistake don't make a mistake so yeah, that's a good point, environment. I think another thing that affects people and it's due to maybe being anxious before and procrastinating is not being prepared enough for the exam when the exam comes and then knowing you're not really prepared and then getting a question and then not being able to answer it. And then that just kind of like throwing you off for the whole exam. 
And then it's kind of like a vicious cycle of not preparing enough. And then, and then it just kind of beats down your, your uh, self-esteem and confidence. So what do you have? I mean, now we're flip-flopping with who's asking the questions, but I'm just curious, um, given that situation like what you mentioned about the exam center and stuff and the zoom and all these things what could be done in those situations to reduce exam anxiety it's just a out of the blue question well for me personally what has helped me um uh are things like breathing deep breathing really helped me just like close my eyes and have three deep breaths and i feel like that i really uh, just calm myself down both emotionally and physically another thing that has helped me before um would be just um again take a breather and then just remind myself what i might what i'm doing right now i'm doing an exam i need to focus on the questions um like now is not the time to regret about or i should have studied this or i should have studied more i should be more prepared just focus on the questions and just stay calm because the more nervous that i get it just harder it is to remember what i what i've learned mm-hmm. yeah well that's a common thing because actually when you're anxious or you're stressed your body goes into survival mode, which means fight, flight, or freeze. Like, it's like, okay, there's a threat. I have to fight it. I have to hide from it. I have to run from it. And so in those situations, you don't need information like how to answer an, a, an economics question. You know, you just need to know how to run away from a lion. So I that's why the stress makes it hard to recall things when you're doing something like an exam and why you know it it affects your performance why then all of a sudden you you studied and you score badly on the exam it's because there's a physiological response in your body to the stress my i was actually wondering i wonder if there's anything universities could do to make exam centers less scary <laughs> well, yes. Play relaxing music. <laughs> well, I guess music will be kind of a tricky one because some people prefer like a really um just complete silence during the exam. Some people may, may prefer music. Um, I think first I feel like change the decoration of the exam center a little bit right now there's no decoration just like stone um like stone floor and then really gray like cremate like um walls and then jail yeah well exactly (laughs) and then as soon as you walk in just feel this like coldness and then just like all of a sudden dropped (laughs) is there any sunlight well I guess well yeah that's another thing the windows are relatively small and then you have a huge space so that you don't really get enough um sunlight well there's the light in the room but then it's just this really um white pure white light it's just not yeah, giving it's you impressive and scary they could paint the walls like baby blue or something put some inspiring words on the wall like don't sweat it or something (laughs) so you look up from the exam you feel stressed you're like okay thanks thanks for the reassurance on the wall like your grade is not a measure of your self-worth they could put sayings like that on the wall it's actually not a bad idea let's get back to the nitty-gritty of exam anxiety so Um, the exam anxiety impact um students performance how does it impact performance? Well, I mean, we were kind of talking about this. So uh, for me, I used to blank out at the beginning of the exam. And then interesting, like you, I would do the deep breathing. And I would also know 
that for the first five minutes, my brain would go blank. But then once I calmed down, I would be able to do it. So like positive self-talk. Um, so blanking out is one thing. Um, I don't know. What, what are some things that happen for you? Well, one thing, I don't know if anyone else does that. <laughs> one thing is I will look into the future. So basically, instead of focusing on the exam right now, I will be like in my mind thinking, calculating, okay, what did I get on like all these other assignments in this course? And then like if I get like, I don't know, 60, 70, 80% on the test, what would that make my final grade be? And then I'll be thinking, okay, gosh, like if I get this mark, I may fail. Or if I get this mark, I may drop from like a B to C. And then just thinking about the possible consequences, like how much it would drag down my sessional GPA. And then if that happens, like it would drag down my entire GPA. Can I get into graduate school? And then you just, it's not helpful at all. They're using all the energy to calculate potential grades instead of calculate equations <laughs> on the exam. Um, so you can't you get distracted and then can't focus. Yeah, I think that's a common thing for people. I mean, I think that happens to me during the workday sometimes when something stressful happens, which is why I have my little notebook and then I just write the random thoughts in the notebook and then go back to them at the end of the day and usually they're not like an emergency but in the time and in, in in my head it might seem like that um yeah i think we talked about how would um exam anxiety impact performance during an exam how do you think um exam anxiety will affect um uh student performers before the exam, maybe in their um, preparation um, process? Well, I think I see this a lot with exam or assignment anxiety is um, procrastination. So avoiding doing the studying because you're afraid of the exam instead of like over preparing because you're worried about the exam. So kind of like just being stifled um, disorganized because you can't focus, you keep getting distracted. So not very thorough notes, missing information from your notes, um, not going back to all the lectures or readings because you're getting distracted and you're not really putting together a plan. Um, again, like really sitting in those negative thoughts that you mentioned, like, oh, this might happen. Well, what if I get this? What's going to happen? And then spending your energy on that instead of actually doing the work. I see this a lot with essays. Um, and I think when you're trying, because of that, when you're trying to study, you can't absorb the information. So you think you've read the article or you think you've reviewed the lecture material, but because you were worried about other stuff while doing that, you haven't actually absorbed the information, which is why I think taking detailed notes while you study is important because it forces you to have to think about what you're reading or listening to and then translate it into something you understand and put it on the paper. And in your mind, although people say, oh, I'm multitasking, in reality, you can only think about one thing at a time. So if you're making yourself slow down, read something and take notes, you're shifting your energy toward that and away from all these negative, fearful thoughts. So the main, all these things culminate to not being well prepared for the exam because your anxiety is causing you to be distracted, to engage in poor study habits, to do things at the last minute because you're avoiding, um, not being able to absorb information. Um, Anything else? 
Yeah, I think that's before the exam. And then we talked about during the exam. Like, mostly during the exam, it's like not being able to recall information. Yes. Or loot or or not managing the time well because you get distracted by a bunch of other thoughts i think those are the two main things yeah i agree these happen to me um, very often now that we talked about how um with how does exam anxiety negatively influence us during um, the study process or during the exam. What are some practices or strategies to relieve this stress? Right. So these are things like I think I focus a lot more on like practices or strategies than, um, you know, investigating what is ex exam anxiety, because I'm mostly working with students and trying to help them to overcome these things and, and try different strategies and see what works and what doesn't work. Um, it's helpful to understand what's going on so you can suggest um, helpful strategies. So we, uh, both of us mentioned this, is the, the breathing techniques. And that's part of the reason, you know, we have meditation at the end of the podcast. In a number of our writing classes, we do meditative activities I really think that being aware of your breathing and having a couple simple breathing techniques that you use, whether it's the 7 breathing, which is where you breathe in for seven seconds, hold it, and then breathe out for 11 seconds, um, or whether it's paying attention to where you're breathing from. Are you breathing from your upper chest, which is usually a sign of tension or anxiety, or are you breathing from your belly, your lower belly, and being able to switch your breath in your body from the upper chest, which is more tight, more shallow breaths, to your lower chest, which is deeper, not chest, your lower belly, which are deeper, fuller breaths. Kind of being aware of this recognizing when you're stressed, tapping into one of these techniques can really help to reduce your anxiety, honestly, within a matter of minutes. And this is really because what I mentioned earlier about how stress and anxiety triggers a kind of stress, a, a survival response in your body which kind of amps up all the um, physiological traits of your body getting ready for you to fight a threat, right? So you don't need deep breathing. You need, you need like more intense breathing. So you're ready to run, you're ready to punch. Um, but then this is taking the energy and the blood and whatever away from your brain and your body that would help you to sit down and concentrate. So using the breathing techniques can help to take your body out of that flight or fight or flight stress mode back into the calmer i can concentrate mode and you will notice when you do the breathing your heart will slow down um, your thoughts might shift a little bit your body will become less tense so I really think breathing is a big thing. Um, and, and you also mentioned that. Also, I'm a big believer in reflective writing. This is something we encourage in our classes. And with students, this is something I try to do every day. And as I mentioned, I like carry a notebook around with me. Um, so during the day when I get stressed about things, because we all ruminate, we all get worried. I, instead of letting those thoughts kind of float around in my head, I will write them down in my random notebook. So that you could do this while you're trying to study or work on an assignment, you get distracted. Oh, what about, you know, I need to make this thing for dinner or, oh, my friend Sally was mad at, mad at me. It's not, or I'm going to fail the class. You know, these things are not helpful to your, um, study at the moment but i find if you try to just shut them down they get louder 
So I kind of write them down on a piece of paper in my notebook, kind of release them. So they're not in my head. They're off on the piece of paper. So if it's important, I can go back and look at it later, but they're not distracting me. And then another thing related to that is if I keep thinking a negative thought, like, oh my God, I'm gonna fail this exam, I'm gonna fail this exam, I'm so stupid. Oh, the last exam I failed, why am I here? I should drop out of school, whatever. If my thoughts are going down that path, then I would actually give myself a five minute break, sit down with my notebook and write out those thoughts and then challenge them. So if my thought was, I failed the last test, I'm doomed to fail everything. Then I would challenge the thought and say, yes, you failed this one test, but you passed four previous tests. So you're not doomed to fail all tests. And then maybe, well, what did you learn from this test? What could you do better for this upcoming test? And maybe, well, this test was really hard compared to the other four tests and the class average was lower so i'm not the only one who struggled so using writing to manage and control your thoughts i think is a big thing um and then just daily routines that are good for your health getting enough sleep eating properly getting some exercise even if it's just a 10 minute walk around the block all of these things will help your body to feel better. And I really think, in my experience, there's a link between your physical health and your mental health. And so if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're eating really sugary food, um, if you're not getting exercise, this will make you moodier because the exercise will help to release stress. The sugary food is going to make you have sugar highs and lows. And the lack of sleep is going to make you tired and more easily like emotionally distressed. So I think really those would be my three things. Breathing, writing out your thoughts, and making sure you have some healthy routines and habits in place. So when you get into those stressful periods you're you're in good physical shape so you can handle the extra mental stress um how about you jane what do you do i talked for a long time <laughs> for me eating and drinking are key i think whenever i am stressed i would not have any appetite i won't want to drink anything and i don't want to eat anything uh, but then again, like you mentioned, um, brain needs that like fuel, that fat, that energy in order to work. Um, also, uh, another thing would be having a pet. <laughs> yes, another thing would be having a pet. So um, I think distraction is important. You can't just be anxious or just be studying all day. You need a little bit of break, uh, maybe do some exercise. And what I do is I will uh, take my dog to a dog park in my neighborhood and then just sit there for maybe like an hour uh, looking at him playing with other dogs and maybe have some uh, chit chat with other um, dog owners while of course staying six feet apart um, and I found that really helped me. Another thing would be sleep for me. I tend to uh, wake up every two or three hours um, when I go to sleep um, anxious. So one strategy that I would do is that I will make sure that as I'm falling asleep, I'm not worried about like, oh, I need to study for the exam tomorrow or like, uh, would I be able to prepare for the exam? Am I going to get good grades for the exam? So I would do like small things um, like watch a short uh, comedy, maybe a stand up comedy uh, just to get my mood to um, calm down or ease my stress before I go to sleep. That way, like I won't be um, having nightmares about failing the exam or waking <laughs> every two or three hours yeah that's a good um point and that's 
something that I do all the time and is part of what I would call the healthy habits or healthy routines. And I think this is something a lot of students struggle with because there's no schedule. It's not like you have a nine to five job. It's not like you go to work, you do your job, you go home. There's not a clear separation. And it's a similar thing if you're an entrepreneur like me. Like I don't go, I'm, I can work 24 seven, you know, like if I want to, because there's enough things to do 24 seven, but that's not healthy, right? So I actually set an alarm and this is related to the sleep thing, right? Is I recently, I started doing this for Lent. So I've been doing it now for 40 plus days because we had Easter. So I don't know, maybe like 50 days. So I set an alarm for 9 p.m. And at 9 p.m., now I don't always follow this, but it's an ideal. I shut off my phone. I literally turn it off, which I know is unheard of. <laughs> I turn off the phone. I turn off the computers. And I, I have a separate space for doing work at my desk. And then I have a living room. So I will shut down the whole work area, turn off the computer, turn off the lights, tidy up my desk. So it's in the dark. It's right next to my living room, but it's now in the dark. And then I will come over to the living room. You know, I might eat dinner. I might do an exercise class. Um, I might watch a show. I might go outside for a walk, but I deliberately try to say, okay, now it's like calm down, chill down time and remind myself I can wake up tomorrow and keep doing more work. Um, you know, but if I don't rest, I'm not going to be fresh. So actually putting in that boundary and having those practices to wind down your brain to a place of relaxation so you can have a good sleep and you can get up the next day and you can start fresh. And like Jane said, if I don't do that, I'll wake up more in my sleep. I'll have strange dreams. I'll wake up in the morning like <gasps> with a sense of dread about <laughs> everything that I have to do. Um, so it's really important to try to put in that boundary. And if I'm struggling again with the writing, what I'll do is I'll make a list of the things I have to do the next day and I'll put it on my desk. So it's set up so in the morning I will see it so that that way I'm not thinking about those things when I'm trying to relax. Like, oh my God, tomorrow I have to like edit an essay. Well, I better not forget that. Oh, when's my first appointment tomorrow? Is it 12 or is it two? I will write it all down, put it on a piece of paper. So I no longer have to hold it in my mind. So I think that's a really good point with the sleep. And the, and the doing fun things, go out with your pet, you know, you sh this, we shouldn't be working all the time. It's not healthy. Yes, definitely. Um, well, I think writing down the things that needs to be done really is really helpful for me too. Um, I might be like working on something and suddenly remember, oh gosh, I have this, another thing that needs to be done that's due maybe next week. And then I will all of a sudden start like full on panic attack. So like writing down the things that are uh, coming up, the things that need to be done and like maybe uh, how many hours uh, I will need to work on it each day. I think that would really help me. You're currently a student on campus. What resources have helped you um, in these periods or after you realize you're dealing with some exam anxiety or assignment anxiety? I've actually tried out a lot of resources that's offered um, on campus for free uh, for students. Well, the registrar office, I will say that is like the number one place that I would go to. The counselors um, in these um, are really 
resourceful and experienced. They've seen many students like us who are like stressed out and maybe like not wanting to do need some guidance in order to, to get back on track or in order to succeed academically. And they can help to calm you down and then help you to figure out some plans. And then they are also they can also refer you to a lot of other resources uh, on the campus or outside of campus. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a uh, health and wellness clinic in your um, school, and maybe the, you can schedule a visit with them. Uh, or if um, they are really busy due to like a really um, stressed out season for all students, um, you if you have insurance like OHIP or YOHIP, you may also um, ask for outside help like a therapist or other medical professionals. And I would suggest like checking uh, with your insurance company to see if you are covered. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And also the registrar's office can help you to contact um, professors, like if you need to defer an exam, um, if you need extensions on assignments um, because of some severe anxiety that might be caused by exam anxiety, it might be caused by other things happening in your life. So that's making it hard for you to focus during an exam or during an assignment. So they're a really helpful resource. They're not there to judge you. They're not there to like decide if you're a good or bad student. They're there to direct you to what the university has to help you and it's a similar thing if you're a high school student you could talk to your guidance counselor and your guidance counselor would direct you to the resources and supports in your school to help you with whatever academic issues you are currently dealing with and in both cases those are non-judgmental resources um, they're not, yeah, they're gonna tell you where you might be able to get additional help for whatever you're dealing with or whether or not they have those sources, resources on campus. Um, if they don't, as Jane said, you could look outside campus, but they're not going to, you know, tell you no or make you feel bad. That's not their job, so. Based on my experience, they are uh, always really um, accommodating and they understand that it is a very stressful period for students and that they're, if you communicate with them and let them know um, prior to deadline, don't wait for the last minute to contact them and uh, show them that you are being proactive and you are trying to uh, deal with the issues and you're trying to succeed academically, then that way um, they will most often understand the situation and offer some accommodations. Uh, and also another thing, there are uh, times when you're just feeling really, really overwhelmed at the moment and um, you may feel like you're having a panic attack. Uh, in these ca cases, there are also some um, other helpful resources like Good to Talk. So. Uh, I've tried that before why I was really stressed out in the middle of the night and I felt like I really need to talk to somebody at the moment. So there are like a 24-7 um, uh, hotline that you can call and speak with a specialist. Uh, he or she will like tell you some strategies to calm down. He or she would listen to your situation, give you some advice, and the representative can also refer you to a outside clinic if necessary. And uh, there's also this app on the phone called My SSP. Uh, I know it is uh, offered for free for U of T students. I'm not sure uh, about other universities, but I think it's worth checking out. So the good thing about My SSP is that it's uh, very easy to use. It's an app on your phone and they offer counseling service in different languages. I know they offer it in Chinese, in English, in French, uh, in a lot of different uh, languages. So that may be helpful if you want to talk to someone in your like own language, if you don't speak uh, English as a first language. Wow, those are two amazing tips. Thanks, Jane. You're welcome. So um, we always ask this at the end of each podcast. Um, do you have any book recommendations for students combating anxiety? 
Um, yeah, so I, I have a feeling I may have mentioned this book before. I don't know who was in a podcast or on Instagram as a book recommendation, but I like the book called Presence by Amy Cuddy. And Amy Cuddy, um, she is a professor of psychology um, and she's kind of more well known for this TED talk she did. So you can look her up on TED talks. And what she talks about is how, again, this kind of link between your body and your emotions. And that particular TED talk, and this is also in the book, is about how if you position your body in a certain way, what she calls like a Superman stance. So you put your elbows, it's not your elbows, your hands on your hips with your elbows out, kind of like how Superman stands. Your legs are far apart and you're standing up tall, kind of in an open stance that that will change the physiology of your body. And again, it will reduce the stress hormones and it will make you feel more confident. It'll increase those kind of endorphins that you get when say you like go for a run or exercise. And she, because she really does a lot of work with business students, um, she says, you know, you should do this before a job interview, but you could do some of those, what are called power poses before an exam, um, as well as a deep breathing. So I really like this book because it talks about a little bit of the link between physiology and like your psychology, as well as it talks a lot about um, imposter syndrome, which I think a lot of students deal with, which is that, you know, you don't feel good enough. And she talks about her own experiences with it. Um, she talks a little bit about the science behind it. And I think a lot of what's behind the exam or assignment anxiety is imposter syndrome and that fear of failure, fear of not being good enough. So I think it's a really good book to help you to maybe understand more what's going on with you. So I really recommend that book. Thank you for giving us all these recommendations. Yeah, I think I will check out the TED Talk uh, when I'm taking a break from studying as well. Um, thank you for being on our podcast today, Lisa. You can find out more about Lisa at www.fao.ca. Fao is spelled P-F-A-U. Stay tuned for a short meditation and writing exercise. breathing meditation, you will focus on your breath. This will calm your mind and relax your body. There is no right or wrong way to meditate. Whatever you experience during breathing meditation is right for you. Don't try to make anything happen, just observe. Begin by finding a comfortable position, but one in which you will not fall asleep. Sitting on the floor with your legs crossed is a good position to try. Close your eyes or focus on one spot in the room. Roll your shoulders slowly forward and then slowly back. Lean your head from side to side, lowering your left ear towards your left shoulder and then your right ear toward your right shoulder. Relax your muscles. Your body will continue to relax as you meditate. Observe your breathing. Notice how your breath flows in and out. Make no effort to change your breathing in any way. Simply notice how your body breathes. Your body knows how much air it needs. Sit quietly, seeing in your mind's eye your breath flowing gently in and out of your body. When your attention wanders, as it will, just focus back again on your breathing. Notice any stray thoughts, but don't dwell on them. Simply let the thoughts pass. See how your breath continues to flow, deeply, calmly. Notice the stages of a complete breath. From the in-breath, 
to the pause that follows, the exhale, and the pause before taking another breath. See the slight breaks between each breath. Feel the air entering through your nose. Picture the breath flowing through the cavities in your sinuses and then down to your lungs. As thoughts intrude, allow them to pass and return your attention to your breathing. See the air inside your body after you inhale, filling your body gently. Notice how the space inside your lungs becomes smaller after you exhale and the air leaves your body. Feel your chest and stomach gently rise and fall with each breath. Now as you inhale, count silently. One. As you exhale, count. One. Wait for the next breath and count again. One. Exhale. One. Inhale. One. Exhale, one. Continue to count each inhalation exhalation as one. Notice how your body feels. See how calm and gentle your breathing is and how relaxed your body feels. Now it is time to gently reawaken your body and mind. Keeping your eyes closed, notice the sounds around you, feel the floor beneath you, Feel the clothes against your body. Wiggle your fingers and toes. Shrug your shoulders. Open your eyes and remain sitting for a few moments longer. Straighten out your legs and stretch your arms and legs gently. Sit for a few moments more, enjoying how relaxed you feel and experiencing your body reawaken and your mind returning to its usual level of alertness. Slowly return to standing position and continue with the rest of your day feeling re-energized. Hi everyone. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast on exam anxiety with me and Jane talking about our personal experiences. Or if you're just checking out our YouTube channel, um, this podcast will be coming out this Saturday. So check it out, tune in, learn about what, if you have exam anxiety, what is it? um, What are some strategies to deal with it? In the meantime, I have a writing exercise that I like to use when I feel anxious or I'm dealing with some tough feelings. And it's kind of based on cognitive behavioral therapy. So you can look that up online what is cognitive behavioral therapy there's a really good book about it called mind over mood so you can check out that book it has some exercises in it that might be helpful for you so i kind of mentioned in the podcast something i do if i have a lot of negative or self-critical thoughts jumping around in my head is i will try to get them out of my head by putting them on a piece of paper and I'll do what I call challenging the negative thought. So the first step in this writing exercise, so say you're struggling with a a negative thought, like, oh my God, I'm gonna fail this exam, is to get your pen and paper and write the thought down. Like, maybe I'm gonna fail this exam, I'm, not smart enough this class is so hard whatever is going on in your head whatever thoughts are coming up for you write them down but then don't stay with this um narrative of how crappy you are and how horrible the future looks okay So there's a second step to this exercise. So do this, you know, give yourself a minute to three minutes to really get those negative thoughts down on the page. Now I want you to do the second part, which is challenging your negative thought. So 
I want you to go back to what you wrote and think of something that's happened in life, real evidence that challenges the thought. So my first thought is I'm going to fail this exam. So I would challenge the thought by saying, it's unlikely that I'll fail this exam because I've passed all my other exams. And I might want to continue with that by, by noting some successes, you know, on the last exam I got 95% or I have an average in class of whatever, whatever class average on the quizzes or exams or my GPA so far is whatever. So you want to gather evidence that challenges this misinformation that you're sharing about yourself to encourage yourself or show yourself that no, this is not true. I've passed a number of exams. I, I'm doing, I have gotten some good grades. Even if it's from high school, like say you're struggling because university is more challenging than high school, go back to those high school grades and say, look, I did this before in high school. So I know I can do this. There's maybe just something I'm missing, something I haven't learned, but I know I can do it. So find the evidence to challenge the thought. And for this part of the activity, give yourself more time. So I would say set a timer for five to eight minutes. And this is really important because this is the part where you're gonna start changing your mindset, changing and challenging those negative thoughts, which generally are not true and are really contributing to the anxiety and stress you feel in your body and distracting you from being able to prepare for the exam. And then the third thing you could do after you've challenged those thoughts is set an intention for yourself. So now that you've challenged those thoughts, what are you going to do or what can you do to help yourself? So maybe the intention I would set for myself is, you know, today I'm going to review and take notes on unit one and to make myself feel better, to feel encouraged. And I'll say afterwards, I'm going to watch an episode of Parks and Rec, a show I like, Parks and Rec as a reward. So I've made a plan, right? And to make this plan even better, I could put in a specific time. So if I know it's gonna take me two hours to review the unit, say like from two to four today, I'm gonna read this, review it, take notes, and afterwards, I'm going to watch this episode and I'm gonna feel good. And then you can do this, you know, every day for a week or two as you prepare for the exam if you're really feeling anxious. So I hope this writing exercise helped you to improve not only your writing skills, but more importantly, how you feel about your yourself and your academic abilities. For more writing tips, tune into our YouTube channel. We, I try to put one up once a week. You can also follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. I add some tips there. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter, which often has some helpful links, tips, book reviews, discounts, and of course, our weekly podcast where we talk about issues that are relevant to students. And as we move into spring and summer, we're going to have a number of interviews and podcasts related to different careers and job searching techniques and stuff like that for students who are getting into their senior years of college and university, or maybe even high school students that are looking for summer jobs or thinking about what they want to do to help you to 
um, learn more about what you can do with your education. So check us out on our website, www.fow.ca. I'll put the link for all these things in the YouTube video below. Subscribe and we look forward to helping you reach your full potential on the page and in life.